Hi, what's up, everybody? It's part of my fresh radio. My name is AO. Happy Juneteenth to everybody. June 19th, 2020. Um, so yeah, I want to just take this time to let everybody who's in ears reach know a little bit more about what Juneteenth is, why it's important, why people are celebrating today, um, just the history in general of of Juneteenth, and especially with everything going on in the United States and really globally, um, you know, right now, why it seems more important. Um, you see a lot of people talking about it on social media, Instagram, Twitter. Um, so I just wanted to go, I went to Juneteenth.com and top of the page of Juneteenth.com, there's a couple of tabs. One of them is what is Juneteenth? So just for anybody that wants more information about what um, this day represents, the importance behind it, the significance behind it, um, I figured I'd use this platform and this podcast, part of my fresh radio, to just uh, give a couple more uh, a couple more bits of information if you haven't already read up on Juneteenth yourself. So without further ado, it's the history of Juneteenth um, via Juneteenth.com. So Juneteenth is the oldest nationally celebrated commemoration of the ending of slavery in the United States. Uh, dating back to 1865, it was on June 19th that the Union soldiers, led by Major General Gordon Granger, landed at Galveston, Texas, with news that the war had ended and that the enslaved were now free. Uh, note that this was two and a half years after President Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation, which had become official January 1st, 1863. The Emancipation Proclamation had little impact on Texans due to the minimal number of Union troops to enforce the new executive order. However, with the surrender of General Lee in April of 1865 and the arrival of General Granger's regiment, uh, the forces were finally strong enough to influence and overcome the resistance. Later attempts to explain this two and a half year delay in the receipt of the important news have yielded several versions that have been handed down through the years. Often told is the story of a messenger who was murdered on his way to Texas with news of freedom. Another is that the news was deliberately withheld by the enslavers to maintain the labor force on the plantations. And still another is that federal troops actually waited for the slave owners to reap the benefits of one last cotton harvest before going to Texas to enforce the Emancipation Proclamation. All of which, or none of these versions could be true. Certainly for some, President Lincoln's authority over the rebellious states was in question. Whatever the reasons, conditions in Texas remain status quo well beyond what was statutory. Um, one of General Granger's first orders of business was to read to the people of Texas General Order Number 3, which began most significantly with, quote, the people of Texas are informed that in accordance with the proclamation from the executive of the United States, all slaves are free. This involves an absolute equality of rights and rights of property between former masters and slaves, and the connection heretofore existing between them becomes that between employer and hired laborer, end quote. The reactions to this profound news range from pure shock to immediate jubilation. While many lingered to learn of this new employer-to-employee relationship, many left before these offers were completely off the lips of their former masters, attesting to the varying conditions on the plantations and the realization of freedom. Even with nowhere to go, many felt that leaving the plantation would be their first grasp of freedom. North was a logical destination for, and for many it represented true freedom, while a desire to reach family members in neighboring states drove some into Louisiana, Arkansas, and Oklahoma. 
settling into these new areas as free men and women brought on new realities and the challenges of establishing a heretofore non-existent status for black people in America. Recounting the memories of that great day of June 1865 and its festivities would serve as motivation as well as a release from the growing pressures encountered in their new territories. The celebration of June 19th was coined Juneteenth and grew with more participation from descendants. The Juneteenth celebration was a time for reassuring each other, for praying and for gathering remaining family members. Juneteenth continued to be highly reserved or revered, pardon me, in Texas decades later, with many former slaves and descendants making an annual pilgrimage back to Galveston on this date. Um, now, speaking about Juneteenth festivities and food, a range of activities were uh, provided to entertain the masses, many of which continue in tradition today. Rodeos, fishing, barbecues, and baseball are just a few of the typical Juneteenth activities you may witness today. Juneteenth almost always focused on education and self-improvement. Thus, often guest speakers are brought in and the elders are called upon to recount events of the past. Prayer services were also a major part of these celebrations. Certain foods become, uh, became popular and subsequently synonymous with Juneteenth celebrations such as strawberry soda. More traditional and just as popular was the barbecuing through which Juneteenth participants could share in the spirit and aromas that their ancestors, the newly emancipated African-Americans would have experienced during their ceremonies. Hence, the barbecue pit is often established as the center of attention at Juneteenth celebrations. Food was abundant because everybody prepared a special dish. Meats such as lamb, pork, and beef, which were not available every day, were brought on this special occasion. A true Juneteenth celebration left visitors well satisfied and with enough conversation to last until the next. Dress was also an important element in early Juneteenth celebrations and is still often taken very seriously, particularly by the direct descendants who can make the connection to this tradition's roots. During slavery, there were laws on, many bo on the books in many areas that prohibited or limited the dressing of the enslaved. During the initial days of the emancipation celebrations, there are accounts of former slaves tossing their ragged garments into the creeks and the rivers and adorning themselves with clothing taken from the plantations belonging to their former masters. In the early years, little interest existed outside of the African-American community in participation uh, in the celebrations. In some cases, there, were outwardly, there was outwardly exhibited resistance by barring the use of public property for the festivities. Most of these festivities found themselves out in rural areas around rivers and creeks that could provide for additional activities such as fishing, horseback riding, and barbecues. Often church grounds were the site for such activities. Eventually, as African Americans became uh, landowners, land was donated and dedicated for these festivities. One of the earliest documented land purchases in the name of Juneteenth was organized by Reverend Jack Yates. This fundraising of, uh, effort yielded a thousand, yielded $1,000 and made possible the purchase of Emancipation Park in Houston, Texas. In Mexia, the local Juneteenth organization produced Booker T. Washington Park, which had become the Juneteenth celebration site in 1898. There are accounts of Juneteenth activities being interrupted and halted by white landowners demanding that the, their laborers return to work. However, it seems most allowed their workers to day off and some uh, even made donations of food and money. For decades, these annual celebrations flourished, growing continuously with each passing year. In Booker T. Washington Park, as many as 20,000 African-Americans once attended during the course of a week, making the celebration one of the state's largest. 
Um, then it goes on to talk about how Juneteenth celebrations uh, declined. Um, the resurgence talks about Texas blazing the trail. January 1st, 1980, Juneteenth became an official state holiday. Um, Juneteenth in modern times. So yeah, just go head over to Juneteenth.com. It's a full site with tons of information. They have a store where they sell uh, merchandise there. Um, and pretty much the the root of all the information you would need or want to learn about what Juneteenth is, um, is not only in what I just read, but on their website. And yeah, man, um, happy Juneteenth day. Uh, once again, man, just take the time to, to, you know, participate. You see a lot of, a lot of companies that are giving, um, not only their employees the day off, but they're making it, um, a paid holiday. Um, we'll see if it, if it lasts as an annual thing. Or if it's just a one-time thing, you know, you, you never can be too sure with a lot of these companies. A lot of these companies are, are real performative right now. You know, when you look at, uh, you know, 130 some odd years after Aunt Jemima was, you know, marketed and sold, all of a sudden now is a thing. But, you know, that's the pessimistic way of looking at things and, you know, really the realistic way of looking at things. But when you add a little bit of optimism along with the reality uh, you can hope that this becomes a regular thing. It becomes bigger. Um, states recognize it as federal holidays. Hopefully it goes to a national holiday, something that really should be celebrated the same way that people uh, take the time to celebrate the 4th of July. This is, you know, Black Liberation Day. This is Freedom Day. So, again, I say to you, happy Juneteenth. Uh, this has been part of my fresh radio. My name is AO. Follow part of my fresh at part of my fresh on Instagram and Twitter. You follow me at DJ AOPMF. Peace.